You're listening to From the Field, a podcast helping ministry leaders think differently, thrive personally, and lead thoughtfully. Welcome to From the Field. My name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and the founder of Telio, a care and formation ministry for pastors. My name is Tyler Dravitz. I'm the executive pastor at Ridgeline, and I also lead a company called MyXP, where we provide remote executive pastor support to churches around the country. Learn more at myxp.church. All right. We are going to talk about what is uh, probably one of the more timely things mm. that we, at least in our lives, mm-hmm. hopefully it's timely for others as well. Mm. I'm pretty confident it is. Yep. We're going to talk about trying to recover from burnout Yeah. and just burnout as a, just, so it's going to be a happy episode. Let's just preface mm-hmm. it. Real, mm-hmm. yeah, real encouraging. Yep. So 10 ways to make Easter awesome. Oh gosh. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that I could sit through a meeting like that right no, now. No, me neither. All right. So we're going to, let's start. So we're going to talk about burnout. Yeah. So obviously part of what we're trying like a key when you're like legitimately burned out is you need reviving, refreshing, all of that as part of the process. Mm-hmm. So we will start light since this is a heavy topic. Yeah. If you were going to map like mm-hmm. the perfect refreshing day mm-hmm. for yourself, what would it consist of? Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah, I figured that you wouldn't need to pray about that. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I shared a few weeks ago my affinity to going to the spa and so probably all day long. Just, <laughs> just that. Oh, yeah, for sure. As a matter of fact, I had a really hard day a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, I didn't have any appointments. And I was able to, like, move around some just of the work to I needed to do. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I think that even, like, I've got a kind of... Uh, now, an annual tradition I started last year, but I'm excited about on New Year's Eve, I mm-hmm. just like spend the day at the spa mm-hmm. by myself, and that's great. Yeah. And then I come home, and I'll probably be asleep by 7. Yeah. And <laughs> that I'm gonna sounds be, like a refreshing day. I'm telling you, it's going to be the jam. Yeah. But, you know, you can like, a lot of places, you they like will, you can order your lunch in there, and mm-hmm. I'll, like, it'll be great. Yeah. So I just, I really like that. Like I like that. Yeah. And like I said, I think I really like, you can't have your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like very calming. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think mine would be um, probably the day, uh, the morning spent with this, this almost never, like my kids immediately want to wake up and like watch TV. I have this ongoing vision of like chill music in the background and my children sitting in the living room quietly reading their books. Mm. That'd be nice. Because I you can tell you that's never happened. Laura Ingalls Wilder or <laughs> right. okay. But um, I think a morning spent with my family, breakfast, hike, something like that, listening to my three kids complain about the hike mm. until we get on it and then they love it every time. Mm-hmm. We have to drag them to go. Mm. A nap in the afternoon. That's mm-hmm. my jam. Mm-hmm. And then uh, maybe uh, an hour reading in the sun, mm. book and a whiskey, 
Mm. Sounds nice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you excited about this? Mm. And then you taking all of my children and getting to spend the rest (laughs) of the evening with my wife. Cool. That sounds like the perfect day. Awesome. All right, so that's as light as it's going to get. Now, yeah. now we're going to we're going to take a turn here. So when when we talk about this, uh, we'll get into some of the specifics in just yeah. a few minutes. But there is an, uh, a shocking number of people in general and pastors in particular that are just legitimately fried. Yeah, like from the last two years. And so when you think about, like, there's no shortage of realities that have made the past couple of years brutal, but I'm curious when you think about it as a pastor and as someone who Mm. works with a great number of pastors, like, what would be a handful of the things that are on the short list for you? Like, what have been a few of the most challenging factors through 2020, 2021, maybe for you personally, and also in the, I mean, hundreds of conversations that you've had with pastors Mm. through the last two years? Yeah, I mean, I think the first one that comes to mind is I feel like for a long time there's been this like rhetoric sort of thing of like, you know, Christians are like not good at disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I take away from these couple of years, they can't. Like, unless you <laughs> yeah. agree on all things at all, like, and we're talking like on pizza toppings and <laughs> uh, what vacuum cleaner to use in your household. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I think that the inability to just, oh, we don't agree, and just still, like, behave like Christians Mm -hmm. um, has grieved my soul more greatly than many things, I Mm -hmm. think, because it is a horror. I mean, the the witness that the Christian community has, like, displayed through this season really saddens me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And even the ability to love one another and just outdo one another in showing honor and just all of those kind of things that they're just so many Bible things that seem to be very absent. And <laughs> I love the term Bible things. Well, just, it really is. It's yeah. just like basic yeah. Bible things yeah. that I'm, are not. Yeah. And I'm tired of, you know, uh, top speakers and Ted talks outweighing what the Bible tells us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tired. Of, like there's just certain thing and it doesn't, the Bible does not tell us how to think about everything. Right. It just doesn't. And so then as a result, there's freedom and like, you can have your opinion and I can have mine and I can think you're wrong and you th- can think I'm wrong, but somewhere the common ground of the love of Christ should like unite us. Mm-hmm. And I just have never felt more divided. Mm-hmm. Um, in our churches, in our, just all of it, you know? And I think that, um, and also though, I think one of the big things is, um, uh, I do believe, I think there have been different, very important times through this past couple of years where it has been very important for even church leaders to say like, this is right and this is wrong Mm -hmm. about the things that have happened in our world. Mm -hmm. And, it's time for everyone to stop talking and do more listening and, Mm -hmm. or to just like uh, keep your opinion to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, it's sort of like we're, we're back in kindergarten and like everyone needs to keep their hands to themselves Mm -hmm. and just mind their own business. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I think, I think that's one definite one. I think people's inability to, work hard at their own mental and emotional health and Mm -hmm. therefore manage the way they feel without making it someone else's fault. Yeah, that's good. Um, 
is really, I mean, as, as devastating Mm -hmm. ministry leaders, pastors, myself, Mm -hmm. it is shocking. And, and it seems like everything is done under this name of, I mean, we've continued to like be ones that ring the bell of no one's Mm -hmm. doing okay. Mm -hmm. And so that seems to have given everyone a pass to Mm -hmm. like, I don't know how else to say it other than behave a fool. Yeah. And, and then they just want to like throw down this pass and, and, you don't, they don't get to be held accountable. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm all done with that. Yeah. I'm to the point where I get it yeah. because I'm going through it too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be accountable for the things that we say and do and, right. and, and the way that we treat each other and all of that, because the Bible says we are. Right. And, and I think we have gone through so much, not quite the same as wandering in the desert for 40 years. Right. I mean. Though we might be wandering in COVID for the next 40 years. We might be, but we're yeah. still only two in. Right. And I'm sure at two years, even the Israelites were like, well. <laughs> this is going to end sooner rather than later. Pretty quick. Yeah. Right. I mean, and as, as a side note, I just said I had a rough day a couple of weeks ago and went to the spa. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I get first that, like, world problem. Yeah. It, it doesn't, um, it doesn't help to always talk about, you know, things could be worse or whatever. This is, this is what I know. And so it's my experience. Yeah. All that to say, you cannot remove some of those realities and some of those truths that the Bible has for us because of the the circumstance. Yeah. And 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 like you you made something, or you made mention of something in a conversation we had a while ago. Like God's still in control. Mm-hmm. He's still leading us all somewhere. He's still growing us. It's mm-hmm. all about our sanctification. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, we have to behave as though our thoughts and our actions and our behaviors and all of those things matter to ourselves, matter mm-hmm. to the Lord and mm-hmm. matter to others. Yeah. Yeah. I would say a couple things on my short list, aside from the obvious of like, you know, online services, all oh, like yeah. we all know that sucked, but I would say a couple of things. One is I've been thinking about, I don't, I don't think I realized this until recently, but I have very much felt held hostage by everybody else's feelings, opinions, and emo- like all like basically everybody else gets to feel and think and do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And if I do anything other than affirm their what they feel, what they think, and what they do, then I'm the devil. Mm. And that's a really crippling way to live sure. for a super long time. <laughs> so, so your job is to just go out and hand out participation ribbons. Then. Yeah, just like Good you know job. what your your truth is all that matters. Oh man, and uh, and that's just maddening. Um, I think I had another thing as you were talking. Sorry, that was it's okay. That was at the top of my head. Um, I think the fact that it has been impossible to win. And I don't mean like win an argument. I mean, in there's been such a high number of decisions as ministry leaders that we've had to make, like in, like in the COVID context, that 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 affect people's health and safety, mm-hmm. and that no matter how much you pray, no matter how much counsel you seek, no matter how much care you put into the decision, even if it's the right decision, there is still going to be like half the people pissed at you. Mm-hmm. And that gets like, that just gets so old where you're like, even when I do the right thing, yeah. half of these, like, so you just get to the point where you're like, I just, it's just terrible. It's very sure. depleting when you know, no matter what I do, no yeah. matter what I decide, half the room is unhappy. Yeah. And it's just terrible. Sure. So 
I think <laughs> I think those things for me at this stage of all of this are on the short list. But the so other people's lists might be different. But the result is many of us are feeling very very burned out. And the truth is, like if anyone's been paying attention to culture at large and the news, like this is not just relegated to ministry leaders. You've heard this phrase, I know, but like we're in this season that they're calling the Great Resignation. Yeah. Another name they're using now is the Big Quit because. Mm of this unprecedented wave of employees choosing to leave their jobs since spring of this year. Mm. I was reading this morning prior to, I believe, February of this year, mm-hmm. the high in, in any given month, the highest num- percentage of people who had resigned from their jobs voluntarily was like 2.7%, something mm. like that. And I believe we are currently averaging monthly between 3 and 4%. Mm. So millions of people sure. have voluntarily... Uh, resigned from their jobs or quit their jobs. Yeah. And I think what is interesting is that we are seeing that the same thing is true with ministry leaders. Like we are very much a part of this. Uh, We've been, you and I have been talking about this study ad nauseum, but Barna just did some research and a poll found that 38% of Protestant pastors surveyed have considered leaving full-time ministry in the past year. Mm -hmm. And if you look at pastors under the age of 45, the number rose to 46%. Yeah. That's mind-blowing number of and those are <laughs> you you said the other day like of the pastors that you've worked with like 8 out of 10, I think. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "And I want to meet the other two. Yeah, I don't know their names. <laughs> yeah. I don't I personally do not know a pastor that would not I, I don't know that every pastor I'm friends with would say that like I've seriously considered quitting in the last 2 <laughs> years. I'm like, mm. Not even that, not even like one little, like, what else would I do? Well, and, and I'm just here to tell you, like, uh, if you're listening to this as a pastor or just as someone who loves your church or loves your pastor or whatever the case might be, um, the thing to keep in mind, I've been, you know, uh, there are different groups that know what it is that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they'll reach out, Hey, do you have any ideal candidates for us? Like recruiting groups and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, everyone needs people. So what I'm here to tell you is unless you are participating in one of the largest churches in America Mm -hmm. in which it might be enticing for someone to give that a whirl, the likelihood, especially if you're in a smaller church, single pastor, maybe even two, something like that, the likelihood that if your pastor quits, your church doesn't close, I think is slim to none. Mm -hmm. I don't know where they're going to find pastors from. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean... Uh, I think I have had the unfortunate uh, responsibility of helping a few churches close and, mm-hmm. and uh, based on what I'm looking at, uh, that won't be the end. And there's not even an effort to find someone else because there's no one mm-hmm. going to take the job. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really, I, and even if pastors aren't quitting and leaving the ministry, many lead pastors of smaller churches are quitting to join you know, not mega churches necessarily, but, but just like churches a staff that are bigger. Yeah, just somewhere like, else. Yeah. You know, let me let me be the pastor of small groups and leave me alone. Right. You know, or something like that. And um it's really, really sad. Yeah. But but the truth is if we don't if some things don't change, like we're gonna have so many fewer ch- and and really I remember I, I think it was Barna, mm-hmm. but it was uh, I remember when uh, COVID first started, they they estimated uh, it was one out of five churches mm-hmm. would close before right. the end of this. Um, and then they updated it uh, several months in and said probably one out of four. Mm. And um, I'm not sure that that's not going to prove pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. 
I just read this article the other day, which has made me think about this more, <clears throat> by a Mennonite uh, pastor. Her name is Melissa Flora Bixler. I don't know anything about her, but her mm. article was very good. And it's called Why Pastors Are Joining the Great Resignation. And she has uh, a couple of sentence, sentences where she describes why. She says, an intractable conflict, embedded sexism, shifting congregational commitments, unclear paths for ministry following the pandemic. I think that's a big one. Exhaustion, low pay, and lack of appreciation. Mm. After 18 months of live-streamed worship services, telepastoral care, and online funerals, my exhausted friends are leaving their churches one by one. Mm-hmm. End quote. That all rings pretty accurate for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then most concerning, but I think hard to debate based on the Barna numbers, is this quote uh, toward the end of her article. She says this quote, In the past decade, we've watched a trickle in the decline of church membership turn to a geyser as people woke up to the incompatibility between the teachings of Jesus Christ and the practices of many who claim to follow him. Up until recently... I was certain, listen to this, this is the really, really sobering part. Up until recently, I was certain the death of the institutional church would come because of a mass exodus from the pews. But if the data is any indicator, the sun might set on U.S. churches as we know them because pastors refuse to aid and abet a compromise between factionalism and the good news of Jesus. Mm. That does not feel good. It doesn't feel good, but doesn't it ring real true? Yeah. So I would I would say when I think about the last six years, last six years, it feels like that <laughs> six months. At times, I it feels like my desire to help people have a deep and meaningful relationship with Jesus is incompatible with leading a church. Yeah. Which I think most people would hear and be like, "Well, that sounds." stupid. Like that's what you do. But the truth is when you look at the last two years, we have spent so much time talking about freaking masks Mm -hmm. and vaccines and all of these other things and dealing with people's complaints about that and no one being happy, no matter what's decided that you just start to feel like maybe I need to quit being a pastor so that I can actually help people walk with God. I think a lot of pastors Mm -hmm. feel the rub of that. And it's one of the trying to, to, to do both to deal with all the complaints, to deal with all of the criticism, and actually help the people who want to walk with... It's just freaking exhausting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, it just seems like one of the things that has come out of this season is if you can find an article, mm-hmm. or let's even call it an image, mm-hmm. that states anything... A gif, a meme. Yeah, yeah, just whatever. Just some sort of like snippet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a misquote that you misremembered and that now drives your decision-making about your friend circle and your behavior mm-hmm. and all of that, apart from any sort of, like, this is what we know to be true, Yeah. Um, I think it's really challenging. Because even in trying to point people to a deep and meaningful relationship with Jesus, the, the really surprising thing for me is that most people, like, just, I, I have conversations with people that I have known that don't seem to ever before have any issue with things that the Bible says or how we're supposed to behave or Mm -hmm. how we're supposed to live. And now it's like, well, but you know, Susie homemaker posted this blog article that I'm not so sure anymore. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, what, what has happened? It it just does seem like 
all sort of like the things that guide what we think and feel and believe are, you know, maybe mm-hmm. used to be a few things and now are anything mm-hmm. you can find an image of. Yeah. I think that's a whole, <laughs> I was getting ready to speak into that. And I think there's, that's a whole, whole other thing for us to get into. Sure. But you're a hundred percent right. But staying on this topic of burnout, yeah. I think, you know, joking aside about this being like kind of a discouraging downer episode, I think that is the reality. And I think it's important that we acknowledge and talk about the reality because I think the worst thing that happens is ministry leaders feeling like they're alone. Yep. And I'm the only one feeling these things. And it's not true. Everybody is. Yep. And so there has to be to some degree, at least a low grade burnout. I would, I would guess in the life of almost every ministry leader that has led through this pandemic. Yep. And so let's try to, to end on a little bit of a practical note and hopefully encouraging note regarding how, how do we begin the long, and I think preparing for the long, slow process of recovering yeah. from this, this phase. Now that's not to say like getting out of COVID, that's not going to be a thing. Even mm. as you said the 40 years in the desert, I was like, oh man, that's, that's, that might be, that might be our reality. <laughs> this isn't going away. And listen, I'm a, I'm a full figured kind of guy. I probably don't have 40 more years. I'm not so sure. <laughs> so I, I'm going to be 40 the, more COVID years. I, probably I'm going to be one of the ones lost in the desert. I think. <laughs> All right. So let's go through. I, I made a list of five, five things I think practically All right. that, that, that are important. The first one is awareness. Mm. Meaning, I think it's important to be able to identify the signs that you yeah. are struggling with burnout. And uh, Crosspoint Ministry, if uh, people aren't familiar with that, it's a, a counseling ministry, I believe in the Midwest. I want to say Iowa. I could be wrong about that. Um, they do great work. They have some really great books, but they they posted f- just four simple signs of burnout. Mm-hmm. So see if you connect with any of these, okay? Mm-hmm. Number one is apathy. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, I don't care about this anymore. <laughs> I barely care about what you're saying right now. So. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Apathy is number one. Uh-huh. Look, looking at a, maybe a job or work or vocation that once brought great passion, like you had great yeah, passion for, and totally. now you're just kind of like, I don't care about this. Right. A second one is isolation. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to be alone. Yeah. At the spa by mm. myself. <laughs> This is actually, this episode's actually an intervention. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Everyone's waiting around the corner to talk to me. That's great. The third one is exhaustion, Yeah, which I would really, I have felt a lot of that where it's like, no matter how much I sleep, it doesn't solve the problem. Right. And then- wake up soul tired. tired. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Soul tired. I like that. And then the fourth one is self-doubt. Um. So I think if you think about these four things, apathy, isolation, exhaustion, self-doubt, those are really good signs that you are in, you're experiencing some degree of burnout. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason awareness is is important is like, unless you're aware of a problem, there's no search of a solution. Sure. Well, and awareness and like admitting it to yourself, because you might hear that and be like, "Uh oh, like just embrace it. No, I'm good. This is where I'm at. Right. Totally. Because everybody else is. And I I actually think the longer this goes on, if you're still the one that's like, I'm thriving, I'm doing awesome, you start to sound like a crazy person. Sure. Like like when I, some of the early signs, I think, like before I started, what for me has been about a two-year emotional health journey. Yeah. I used to come out of these like traumatic hard situations and, and people would be like, hey, are you okay? And I'd be like, I'm fine. 
I'm doing so good. Mm-hmm. And I thought like, people must look at me and think like, I'm a rock. Mm. And, and I got to a point where I think people were like, there's something weird <laughs> about this. Sure. Cause that's not normal to yeah. go through, to go through what we have gone through unaffected is not a sign of like, that's not strength. That's no. there's something broken yeah. to have walked through a trauma yep. and to be unaffected. Like you were affected by it. You just may not be aware of it. Totally. Yeah. You're either in conscious or subconscious denial. Right. Like some people are choosing denial. Yeah. Um, they're the ones who every week at your church tell you how you can thrive. Yeah. Um, Everybody's excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah. I'm not excited. I'm not excited. Um, or uh, you just aren't aware. Right. And that's what we're talking about now. Yeah. So yeah. the first one's awareness. The second one, mm. and this is kind of, I mean, all joking aside, what we were talking about at the top is is rest yep is is really thinking through did you just are you resting right now was that a big yawn that you listen i don't think you have to call it out every time i tried to turn away i don't you but you missed you started the yawn in the mic and it faded as you (laughs) as you went away (laughs) so i think finding i mean sleep is is important for sure but i i think looking at the possibility of an extended break from teaching and leadership responsibilities, Mm -hmm. which I think for, um, have you had, have you seen many of your pastors? Have you had much talk about sabbatical? Is anybody talking about that? Not really. I think, I think earlier on some did, I think right now everyone doesn't really know what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and I think people just wonder like, what would I come back to? Mm -hmm. Um, I think, yeah, there's a lot of things there. So I don't, I don't know of anyone who wouldn't like hop at this other than the concern of just what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I'm, there's a lot of this is thanks to your, your counsel. What I'm going to be doing is trying to take January to be a study break. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a full sabbatical, um, but I'm going to take little to no meetings through January and I'm not going to teach on the weekend. I'll be at church. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to be studying through the week for upcoming teaching things, but I'm trying to pull back from yep. that stuff through January. And full disclosure, there were really two reasons why mm. I didn't feel like the timing was right for a full sabbatical. Number one is what you just said. Yep. I'm not sure what I'd come back to sure. if I was gone. <laughs> yeah. It's just, everything's just too fragile right now. Sure. And then two. And as the person that would be responsible for what you'd come back to, I affirm that concern. Yeah. And, uh, I'm not sure if I would down. come back and find you here. <laughs> That's <laughs> Part of it. But the second thing is if I took a like a full step out, I don't know if I'd come back. Yeah. And I I think I think that there might be a lot of pastors that are discerning that of yeah. like if I unplug for two months, mm-hmm. I think the thought of and I think this is what the the fact that it'd be one thing if like COVID was over and you know, polarization of politics was mm. over and that we were coming back to something di- like there is, I'm going to do a series on this, I think next year, but like the notion that we are going to quote unquote, go back to normal. Mm. I just think that's hopelessly naive. Mm. There is no going back. Like yeah. we are living in a new normal yep. and we can like kick against that as much as sure. we want, but the sooner we embrace it, the sooner right. we learn to bear up under it. And I just think I bet a, a lot of ministry leaders, the idea of stepping out of that pressure for two months, mm. like that last couple of weeks, as you think about it all coming back would be like, yeah, I'm going to go sell cars. 
Yeah. Or anything other than go back to that. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first several months of this, one of the things I shared regularly on this podcast was that I got so tired of hearing people say unprecedented. Mm -hmm. You know what word I never hear anymore? Hmm. Unprecedented. Because this is all... It's all precedent now. It's all old news. It's true. So I think, but, but still trying to find a way in the midst of this to get some extended rest and extended meaning more than like a day off. Yeah. You know, like we need more than a spa day. Yep. So whether even, even if it's spa week, spa week doesn't sound bad. (laughs) That might help a little bit. Um, and, uh, and I may, and truthfully, I think some, even if it's just is a week to be able, I needed that like last week, Mm -hmm. I basically unplugged the entire week. And that helped me. In, I really feel like I had hit a significant wall. Yeah. And I was th- only thinking emotionally. And that week away gave me the ability to like at least catch my breath and be able to more rationally kind of view the landscape. Yep. And to, to see a way forward. Yeah. But I think looking at something extended for rest is going to be really, really critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, so awareness, rest. Thirdly would be help actually getting help. Mm -hmm. I still think this is a huge issue for pastors, Mm -hmm. Um, meaning getting help in the sense of getting some therapy Mm -hmm. um, or spiritual direction or both, Um, finding a retreat center. I'm hearing about more and more programs specifically for ministry leaders mm-hmm. uh, of people who are specializing in walking, helping pastors recover and ministry leaders recover from burnout, um, which I think is great. But I think to your point, you said something earlier when I, we were talking about awareness of like admitting it. And mm. I think that's a huge thing in this yeah. is like admitting that you are burned out. And then a second step being like admitting, I need some help. Yep just to think through this, to talk through this and, you know, processing and working through whatever shame or fear or whatever would keep you from getting help. That's going to be critical. Yeah. And I would argue, even if you feel like, I just don't think I need that. I would say for a long time, I've been in that place, um, of just, uh, like I did therapy in my early twenties. I had Mm -hmm. a lot of young stuff to work through. Mm -hmm. And since then, uh, I haven't been like, uh, resistant, probably more reluctant or just feeling like, well, you know, Mm -hmm. I, like I took away what I needed to, Mm -hmm. uh, I've always viewed it as like, I got the tools I needed to be able to do it. And then, uh, just based on everything that's been going on, uh, even at our own church, um, in, in my life and that mm-hmm. kind of thing in the last couple of weeks, I decided to go back to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been so great. Mm-hmm. And I think even that for like, it only took about 30 seconds in that first one for me to feel like I get to say whatever I want to this person. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to show up at my church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, you know, one of the things that has been really back to that original question, mm-hmm. um, uh, that's been really discouraging to me. I feel like everyone gets a pass, but then if you're in ministry or if you're a pastor, it's more like, like at the beginning of COVID through now, you have been read the Miranda rights and mm-hmm. anything you say can and will be used against you. Mm-hmm. So everyone else gets a pass, yeah. but you are like held to the nth degree yep. uh, of every thought. I mean, you, you were accosted about clothing you wore. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like that ironically, a sweatshirt that said Jesus in therapy. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, and so all that, all that to say, it's just been like, I've gone twice, so mm-hmm. I'm not an expert, but it's just so delightful to mm-hmm. just 
just vomit and it's, then it's a safe walk away. place. Yeah, which for sure. Most I think pastorally not has not felt like we have had sure. with each other. Yeah. Certainly, which most people don't have what we have. Right. And and it's just it is, it's a safe place. But the challenge for you and I is so many of the things we're walking through together. Yeah. And that just doesn't work out well. Yeah. Because even if like so if we're both discouraged and you're having a bad day and I'm having an extra discouraged one, well then I just bring you down. Right. Yeah, it's been hard to it, I think I feel like some of the days when we've you know, had a con had to like just process through how we're doing. It's kind of like, all right, well, who's, who's limp is the least. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> to be able to like, who, who's going to feign strength a little bit today. Right. And I think, you know, over the last couple of months, it's just gotten to a point where that's not sufficient yeah. anymore. Like yeah. we, we still talk about everything and I think are supportive to one another and both need that outside safe place to be able to, talk about sure. some of these things. Yeah. And I even like recently for a couple of different reasons, did some work on this like legal term disinterested third party. Mm -hmm. It's like my new favorite term mm -hmm. it, and it's wonderful. Everyone in their life needs a disinterested third party. Yeah, That guy doesn't care about me at yeah. all. I mean, maybe he will someday or whatever, yeah. but the truth is like, I don't know. I get the email like 15 minutes after I walk out that my credit card has been run. So right. make no mistake, a transaction happened. You're like, well, brother, I, I wasn't even out. I wasn't even out. The, the door didn't shut yet. Yeah, my car wasn't <laughs> turned on. Jeez. Uh, but I just feel like, um, and it's just, it, it is really great. And so I think even if you decide, you know what, I'm going to go for like three, mm -hmm. just give it a whirl. You yeah. might find like, even today he was like, all right, so it's the third. So we'll have you back on the 19th. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You busy next week? He's like, oh, I thought this was an every other week thing. I was like, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we're double down. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be weekly for a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So I just think even if you feel like, eh, right, 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 yeah, just give it a whirl. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I could go on about that for a long time, but let's move mm -hmm. on. So uh, I think a fourth thing is friends. Mm -hmm. We did an episode on pastors and friendship, and so I know this is complicated. But I think what's interesting is so much of the, this is especially true in ministry, I think so much of our drain has been because of people. Mm -hmm. And I think the irony is that so much of our healing is also going to be because of people. Yep. And I think the danger in burnout as that cross point, um, uh, I don't know what you call it. There are four signs of burnout or whatever. One of them is isolation mm. and it feels like self-preservation. I'm going to circle the wagons and I'm going to isolate and just be alone because people are, you know, scary or out to get me or whatever. Sure. And the truth is like, that's not entirely inaccurate, mm -hmm. but there are people in all of our lives, um, Lord willing, that love us and care about us and are for us. And so I think the thing to think through when you're in a season of burnout is, who are the people who fill your tank? Yeah. Yes. And I think, so who are the people that fill your tank? And I like, even as we were talking, I was thinking, I want to come up with a new word. I don't like the word friend anymore. I I think that Facebook it, ruined that word. It, well, and just in general, like mm -hmm. the way that that, like, I mean, yes, Facebook, like the way that people that you knew when you were in high school, yeah, they're my friend. Yeah. No, they're not like, then I need a new word for the thing I think about people. Mm -hmm. uh, my thing is like, who fills my tank? And then, um, uh, like who is safe? Yeah. I think those are the two things that I think about. And I think there are some people in my life that are safe that aren't the most tank filling. And that's not any, um, 
any insult to them. They're just like, I don't know what it takes to mm -hmm. be a tank filler for certain people or not. Mm -hmm. I think some of it's just like personal chemistry. There's a sure. lot of things yeah, like I think that. That's part of it. Uh, but I think that I need a new term for tank filling safe people. Mm -hmm. And I'll come up with it and let yeah. you know. I mean, I think an, another tertiary or something. Yeah, like that's that. good. Mm -hmm. Another thing, thing, a way to maybe angle to look at it would be like people that God seems to have have uniquely empowered to be able to care for you in a mm. meaningful way. That's good. Because I mean, I think you know, even as I as you shared about some of my burnout with our church a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um. I have now over the last couple of weeks gotten a lot of like, what can we do practically? And like yeah. some emails with, I had these ideas and they're all yeah. like, from my perspective, these like very extravagant ideas yeah. that, that for me, I'm like, I, yeah, I mean, I so appreciate the sentiment and I'm yeah. encouraged that you care, but that doesn't like connect for sure. me and feel like care. So really looking at the people who, for whatever reason, God is just uniquely wired to be mm -hmm. in your life and that time with them feels like like these people are caring for me and they sure. love me and they are safe to your yeah. point and um man if you don't have that yeah for sure get a therapist well and i mean we got the opportunity to experience that yeah in the last week yeah you know i mean handsome zach handsome zach came into town beautiful liz it was yes. great and the boys and their boys yeah yeah they don't have adjectives. I don't have, no, that's yeah, just, okay. I feel like it's weird if I start. Say that about little putting, boys. Yeah, yeah that's pretty, probably good. They're my godsons. So uh, there you go. That's cool. But I think uh, just having that, because I like, regardless of what you're going through, those types of relationships can be incredibly healing mm -hmm. in spite you, of you, your you, current circumstance. You texted me about those five days uh, that we got to spend with them, and yeah. you actually used the word sacred. Mm -hmm. which I thought was really um, accurate. Yeah. It felt like really sacred time sure. and sacred it felt experience. Otherly. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to fully describe. It was just like, it was a tremendous gift. Sure. Um, and well-timed as yeah. well. Yep. Zach and Liz, we love you. Mm-hmm. So friends or whatever you're going to call it, you'll come up with a word. Probably I'll come I'll up with a word. Ask, yeah, yeah. I'll probably have to ask Zach what yeah. he thinks I should use. Yeah. And then, uh, and I think that as we're working through these, we come to this fifth place where at some point we have to come up with a plan. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and look at, look at where we have been, where we are, where do we want to head? How do we get to a place where we can, I do believe and this is why I think it's it's important to let go of the notion that we're going to return to what was, mm -hmm. because I do believe, I mean, we've seen this, like, we see this even today in places where Christians are severe, like, not like American persecution, like, which is laughable in my mm -hmm. opinion, but like true persecution, like your life is on the line for following Jesus. Sure. Christians for a couple thousand years have found a way to live abundant lives in the midst of that. Yep. So it is possible even in this new normal we're in. Totally. Um, but we have to start to like think through like, what is that going to look like? And so yep. I think about just some questions that we probably need to ask ourselves. Sure. Um, I think this is a really important one vocationally to think about is um, when you think about your church and your role can you affect change that makes what you're doing sustainable? Mm. Because like we, we have, we're, we're blessed in that 
we are in a position where there we can affect change in yep. our church. If you're like one of seven youth pastors at a mega church, the notion that you're going to be able to affect change that that it will is just probably not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just have so little authority to be able to do that. If you're a lead pastor in like a normal church like ours, there's probably some things that you can restructure to make what you're doing sustainable. And I think if you can do that, that's great. If if you come to a place where you're like, I can't affect change to make what I'm doing sustainable, then I saw, I would think it was Gavin Ortland tweeted yesterday, mm. uh, dear pastor, Jesus loves you just as much, even if you resign from ministry. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important sentiment to embrace. Yeah. That if you can't affect change that makes it sustainable, sure. you need to step away and do something yeah. else. Yeah. And I think that it's important. Um, and if you can, uh, I think it's important to, regardless how painful that change might be, I think it's important to make that change. I 100% and agree. I just think that, you know, one of the things that um, uh, we've talked about and, you know, who knows where all stats come from, but I have heard it said that the average pastor uh, quits the ministry or quits their church based on less than five people at their church, Mm -hmm. regardless of how large it is. And Mm -hmm. so we were a part of a really large ministry in North Carolina, and we would say that that number is a little high (laughs) um, based on our experience. And it doesn't matter how many, 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 many people uh, might be for you. But on the other end, as a pastor, as their shepherd, and as, um, as, that group of people that would largely be totally devastated mm-hmm. by you having to make that choice. Mm-hmm. If there is something or someone that is really causing that pain and you have the ability uh, to affect that change, I believe that you owe it to yourself and those people mm-hmm. who have been faithful uh, congregants, mm-hmm. flock, all the words. I, I don't like any of the words. No. Just faithful people like yeah followers of what god has called you to lead Mm -hmm. um you have to do it Mm -hmm. yeah it's true i mean definitely in my experience it is this it's a it's a it's a small like well this is going to sound redundant it is a loud minority that leads to a pastor's burnout and quitting yep absolutely oftentimes Mm -hmm. and to your point sometimes one or two people that are Mm -hmm. loud enough can be so consuming that you just go, I can't do this anymore. Sure, you I feel have like to you be can't out. breathe. Yeah. So I would say on the other end of that, if mm. you're listing and you're part of the quiet majority, I remember when we were in Hickory, mm-hmm. one of the elders pulled me aside when I was one of the times I was very discouraged and said, Hey, just so you know, there is a quiet majority that is so for you and loves you. Mm. And and I remember thinking like, you know what would be awesome? If they freaking spoke up once in a yeah, while. Turn up the volume knob. And so like, I'm, I'm going to give an example of this. So I hit a pretty significant wall two weeks ago mm. today. And it's been a long two weeks. It's been a long, <laughs> man, that feels like a long time ago. And uh, I mean, I, I felt emotionally, I wasn't, but emotionally I felt like I'm done. Yeah. I just can't. Cause I kept, what I kept thinking is I just can't keep doing this. Yeah. And, and I mean, what I would say is you came in and chatted with me. I've known you for 27 years and I've never seen that version. Yeah. I just felt completely depleted. Yeah. 
And so this is going to make me emotional to talk about, but there's going to be some dead air. Uh, So that night I got a text from you saying, um, I want you to take Sunday off and we're going to do something totally different with the service. And I wasn't exactly in a position to argue. Uh, And so just said, okay. And you flew in uh, Ashley Herr, who is the third member of our board. He Mm -hmm. became the lead pastor of Redemption after I left. Yep. He's been a super faithful friend for a very long time. So he, thankfully, in God's providence, wasn't preaching that weekend and just like dropped everything and flew here. Mm -hmm. And I think I got to spend a grand total of like one hour with him. And he just, just came to be a friend and support. And so, uh, for, I mean, most people won't know this, but in our service, we have uh, an element that we call altars. Mm -hmm. So in the old Testament, when people experienced a movement of God in their lives, they would memorialize that movement of God by building a stone altar. So think like Jacob after his dream. Mm -hmm. And so we don't build stone altars, but we, we, No, <laughs> this is how I was going to tell you. Cool. We need to buy some rocks. Cool. Um, but each week we have someone come up and share a story to memorialize a movement of God in their everyday life. Yep. And I love it. <clears throat> and so you decided to take that altars moment and rather than have like a normal one, you invited people to come up <clears throat> and to share about ways in which God had used me in their life. And, and that went on for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, and it only stopped because I was concerned we were, we'd set up and tear down. Right. And <laughs> so we had to leave. We have a contracted end time. Yeah. And we were getting very close. Yeah. Yeah. And so I sat on the deck uh, in the sun, my deck at home, on, in the sun later that afternoon and I watched these and I just like cried and cried and cried. Um, and it was so encouraging. Mm-hmm. It was this, it was a very weird experience of like, I've described it as if, if you had the ability to watch your own funeral, mm-hmm. which sounds morbid, but what I think and this, I want to, I'm bringing this full circle to what I was just saying. I think that it's really unfortunate that we, u- that we wait until someone is burned out or dead to convey these things. Um, There was nothing that anyone came up and shared that I didn't know about, Mm -hmm. but many of the things that were shared had never been said to me. And so what ends up happening is you have this quiet majority in your Mm. church that are just like, God is working and they love you and they are for you and they are encouraged by you, but they're quiet about it. And you've got these like one, two, three loud, (laughs) contrarian, obstinate people that just like bark and bark and bark and bark. And if all you hear is the barking, it doesn't really matter how many there are. It's just all you're hearing. Right. So what I would encourage is if you're listening to this and you are a part of the quiet majority, open your mouth. 
pray for them, say something, yeah. like write a write a note, like send it, like stop right now and send a text, like hit pause, send an email, tell them now, like tell them something that God has done in your life, something that you see. If you're praying for them, tell them. If there's something specific you're praying, telling them what it is. Like I don't think it is hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's about intention, like being intentional about. I am going to be. Uh, like I'm going to be Aaron to this Moses yep. and I'm going to help lift their arms. Yeah. Cause, cause I'm here to tell you, I don't care who your pastor is or what church you're listening from. Your pastor needs encouragement. Totally. Uh, there's just no chance that he doesn't, even if he's like walking on water, mm-hmm. like you could still throw out some encouragement, like good job, man, way to walk. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> whatever the case might be. I just think that it is so important. I had a boss one time that he had this like, uh, I always thought, thought it was odd, but since then, as I've reflected on it, it was so amazing. But anytime you were with him or talking or whatever, and you would bring up, you know, he would ask you, well, how did you, you know, mm-hmm. that was really effective. How did you learn that? And if it was a compliment of like someone who had led you in the past or something like that, he would literally, and, and you know, his role was f- much higher than mine. Mm-hmm. And so like when he would call and you'd see his number on your phone, everyone would answer mm-hmm. and he would like, he would he would stop what we were doing. Mm-hmm. He would pick up the phone and he would call that person mm-hmm. and he would just tell them, <clears throat> you know, like, hey, I just want you to know I'm sitting here with Tyler. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about like how That's he was awesome. coaching his team. And he told me that that, <clears throat> that, that came from you. Mm-hmm. And I think I have worked really hard to like – do that ever since, you know, he's, he did that a couple of times with me. And ever since then, I just think it's so important that we don't delay, that we don't even look for like the grand gesture. I think mm-hmm. even as you were talking about, everyone wants it to be grand. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a well-meaning text mm-hmm. because what you don't know, and, and it's one of the reasons for our altars and all of that, what you don't know is how God is going to take that stirring in your heart mm-hmm. to just bless somebody else. And I think that it's really, it's really important that we take that action, that Mm -hmm. we, uh, that we focus on that idea of how do we outdo one another in showing honor. Can you imagine if through this season as Christians, that's what we all did. I just, Mm -hmm. I can't fathom that we, we wouldn't be having this call for sure. This uh, conversation, yeah, conversation for sure. And so I just think it's so important that you really take that energy and to recognize as well, um, even though, so I'm a doer Mm -hmm. and I get, as you mentioned, there are a lot of people from our church who wanted to do and do and do. And sometimes doing is about just behaving Mm -hmm. and, and just like, like doing what the church has asked you to do and and Mm -hmm. get involved and, and show up to events and show up to church and, and serve and give and do it with joy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's what is needed. And then that encouragement thing, not everyone needs you to go to the grocery store and buy milk. I mean, you have a very, very skilled wife at taking Mm -hmm. care of your household. She's got all the milk you should ever need. And so there's just not (laughs) really so much milk. Oat milk and cow milk. (laughs) And soy and (laughs) hemp. I don't know. All of the milks. You are milk full. And I think that, and again, what I appreciate about every one of those Mm -hmm. questions is a desire to care, but the truth is the way we can care is to pray mm-hmm. and to participate and to encourage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at the risk of crying more, uh-huh. uh, we're going to close because I'm, I'm done crying for, it okay. was like the 16th time I've cried today. <laughs> um, if <sighs> it, 
I think that if it wasn't for you, I would be closing Ridgeline. You probably would be closing Ridgeline because I just wouldn't have come back. Um, yeah. That's it. <laughs> because if you had not stepped in, and, and I think the reason that that decision that you made to take that service and and all of that was so... I mean, it would have been extremely generous and kind, period. But <clears throat> I know that you're every bit as tired as I am. You know, <laughs> it's not like when you sent that text, I was like, well, that, yeah, that makes sense because uh, he's just a steam engine. I've and just been at the spa. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is thriving. Like, So to be willing to step in even burned out yourself and to say like i'm i'm gonna take one for the team here um was one of a thousand examples of why you are even if we don't love the term (laughs) a tremendous friend Mm -hmm. in the truest sense thank you and um i now forever have this little 90 minute thing (laughs) that I can go back and watch and know, like if there's one thing I know for sure, I still, I still have days where I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can keep doing this, but what I don't have is I don't for one second wonder is God using me mm-hmm. in what I'm doing because I got video evidence now. Um, and that's a tremendous gift. So mm. all that to say, if you're a ministry leader and you're worn out, welcome. Mm. <laughs> The water's warm. We're all in it. And, uh, and the only, I, I think the only way forward for us is to just really be open and honest about it. Yeah. And to steward it well. I do believe that even in that, there's something like I think about Paul in Corinthians and um, him asking Jesus to take away whatever this, you know, mysterious thorn in his flesh was. And three times he pleaded mm. and he was told no. And Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So there is something in burnout that I do believe even that Jesus means for our formation and growth. And don't uh, be so reluctant to take action to take care of yourself uh, that you forget that it's Jesus' church. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so even and if, the truth is, if it closes, mm-hmm. he closed it. Yeah. yeah. And, and even if you need some time and, uh, and a bunch of people leave while you're not there, mm-hmm. they probably shouldn't have been there to begin with. Yeah. And it's sad, mm-hmm. but at the same rate, um, we cannot have pastors sacrificing themselves. You know, mm-hmm. what you've said for years is we're all called to sacrifice, but you cannot sacrifice yourself yeah and um yeah yeah i think think the way i've said it is like we're we every ministry leader has to sacrifice for ministry but i've always said i'm i'm never going to sacrifice myself or my family on the altar of ministry right that's a sin yeah yeah and so don't allow what you feel like is your responsibility to stand in the way because um if you don't do some of these things um it's going to end so much worse yeah yeah, it is. All right. I think it's time to be done. I do too. 
leave a review, do that business. We're do good. all that business. Yeah. I think, I think truthfully, I think the greatest, um, the greatest thing that you might be able to do with this episode, I know this sounds self-serving, but I don't mean it in that way is to share this. Yeah. You know, I think the more that we can spread conversations like this, uh, the more that we can all start to go like, yeah. I mean, the week I came back after this, I had a, a new couple come up and go, they were just visiting and they said, you know, our pastor stood up and said the same thing last mm. week. Like, yeah. so share this episode, yeah. send it to church members, send it to your pastor, send it to anyone. Elders. You Elders, can find that service. Uh, if you search just Ridgeline Church on YouTube, you'll find that service. I know a lot of pastors who have shared even mm-hmm. even the intro part mm-hmm. <laughs> with some of their yeah. leaders and been like, this is how I feel. Yeah. And so whatever you need to do to help firmly establish in people's minds, um, that some stuff has got to change and that we all have to go back to being accountable uh, to each other for how we treat each other. Uh, I I think do it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, You can find us on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at at Ryan Hughley. That's H-U-G-U-L-E-Y. And you can find me on the same platforms at at Tyler Dravitz. That's D-R-E-W-I-T-Z. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You still got your bye-bye in. Mm -hmm. It was good. It was like a sad Mm bye-bye.